KaneCast episode number one, a market review of 2013 and the outlook for 2014. Welcome to KaneCast, a podcast series by Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management, where we offer timely commentary on the performance of financial markets, the global economy, and our various investment strategies. Welcome to our inaugural edition of KaneCast. This is Doug Foreman, Chief Investment Officer of Kane Anderson Rudnick. Now that 2014 is upon us, we wanted to provide you with a review of the economy and financial markets in 2013 and our outlook for the year ahead. 2013 was a fantastic year for U.S. equities across the board, with the S&P 500 returning over 30% in terms of total return. The last time it did this was 1997, which was also an extraordinary year. Small cap stocks had a sensational year, leading the way up almost 39%. So the U.S. equity markets were very strong overall. But unlike previous years, there were numerous parts of asset classes that really didn't perform well in 2013. Principal among them, the price of gold went down almost 29% during the year as fears of global chaos receded and fears of improving interest rates hit the marketplace. Emerging market equities and emerging market debt also did extremely poorly in response to fears about the Fed tapering. And fixed income did very poorly, not quite as bad as emerging markets, but it was down a couple percent. And the Barclays aggregate hadn't had a down period in terms of total return since 1999. So why did stocks do so surprisingly well in 2013? I think there were two principal reasons. One, macroeconomic reasons, and the second is microeconomic reasons that I'll go into. Uh, The macro reasons that equity stocks did well were principally the Fed continued to support the markets with fairly easy money policies across the board with their zero interest rate policy and continued bond buying for most of the year. Housing also staged a remarkable recovery. Housing, which had been in the doldrums and the principal cause of this financial crisis that we experienced, clearly recovered over the last 12 months with inventories down at low levels and prices starting to rise in multiple markets across the board. U.S. employment, while it's been disappointing in terms of its pace of recovery, certainly relative to political uh, expectations and even the Fed's expectations, continued to improve throughout the year, which was noticeable as well. Now, Europe, which was the principal wild card coming into the year, many observers thought would go into a more meaningful recession, actually stabilized over the course of the year. And this has a very positive impact for corporate earnings overall, as many large companies particularly have about a quarter of their operations and operating earnings tied to the European economy. So we clearly saw some stability there. Even the biggest basket case in Europe, which is Greece, saw their credit rating upgraded during the course of the year. China also stabilized. Uh, China coming into the year, many observers had feared would experience a hard landing in 2013 in in their economy as it was trying to make a transition from an export-led economy to a consumption-led economy would slow dramatically and find it difficult to generate any growth. Uh, China did go through this transition and is still in the process of going through this transition, but they are still able to generate growth on the order of 7% plus. So China at least stabilized over the course of 2013, which was also a very pleasant surprise relative to what people expected coming into the year. So what were the micro reasons that stocks did so well in 2013? First and foremost, corporate profits continued to grow. They're not growing at a solid double-digit rate across the board. They are growing at a good single-digit rate across the board. And corporate profit margins by historical standards are very high. Companies are, are very profitable. They're making a lot of money. 
they're generating a lot of excess capital, and they're deploying that capital very wisely in the form of either corporate buybacks, corporate dividend increases, or good acquisitions for the most part. The second thing that's happening that's probably the most underreported and least talked about factor, which I believe is actually very important to what equity prices are actually doing in the marketplace today, and that's the tremendous innovation that's occurring across a variety of industries. Innovation tends to come in waves, but I think it's one of the key competitive advantages that the United States has versus the rest of the world, both emerging markets, Japan, Europe, China, etc. And innovation is alive and well in this country, in multiple industries. In technology, there's changes occurring in big data, cloud-based software, corporate architectures, and the way corporate computing is done is being completely redesigned in terms of server farms, uh, storage, software delivery, etc. So there's very, very robust, meaningful change going on in the corporate IT environment, which has created tremendous opportunities for small, medium-sized businesses in particular to exploit this. In the energy area, there's a shell revolution going on. The U.S. should be in a position to actually export energy in about four to six more years, which was completely unthinkable 10, 15, or even five years ago. The natural gas discoveries that have been made in this country and the infrastructure that's being put into place to deliver those products both here and increasingly abroad is truly amazing. In healthcare, there's tremendous innovation going on, not just because of the Affordable Care Act, which is providing opportunities for private exchanges and changing the way that employers can deliver health care to their employees, changing the way that the uninsured can get insured, and also biotech is going through numerous discoveries. Many, many products have been approved at the FDA. In the last 12 months alone, more products than had been approved in the prior 5 to 10 years combined. So there's tremendous innovation going on in the biotech area as well. In alternative energy, electric cars and solar power are increasingly making their way into our lives as well. So what's our outlook for 2014? Well, we think we're going to continue to see a recovery in growth rates globally, and business should actually pick up somewhat. We're not predicting a big boom, but we do believe that the second derivative, if you will, of economic activity will be positive and upward to the right over the next 12 to 18 months. The reasons are the U.S. should experience less fiscal drag in 2014 than it did in 2013, and the rest of the world, particularly Europe, is no exception to that. They'll experience much less fiscal drag, which should bode well for increasing growth rates globally. China, we assume, will continue to be stable at at least 7% plus. Europe should continue its recovery and actually generate positive growth in 2014. The U.S. should pick up because of less impact on taxation, less impact on sequestration, and less fiscal drag, as I mentioned earlier. So we think the odds are that business activity should continue to improve, employment should continue to get better, and housing, although it slowed down in the second half of this year in response to a pretty big increase in interest rates over a short period of time, we think housing will continue to recover because affordability is still very attractive and inventories are still very low. We think the year will experience positive returns for the equity market overall. We're not in the camp of fixed income will be a complete disaster, but we do think rates will head slightly higher over the course of the year. Perhaps the 10-year will move from 2.8, 2.9 to the 3, 3.5 range. 
That's what we expect over the next 12 months. Uh, as business activity continues to improve and the, and the Fed continues to wind down its QE program. And so corporate profitability should hang in there at a very high level. Overall, we expect positive returns from the equity market for the year, certainly not of the type of 2013, but in a 5 to 10% range, we think, for the overall benchmarks. I should point out, however, we are overdue for a correction. Even in raging bull markets, which this one certainly qualifies as, investors typically will experience setbacks along the way. Typically, at least a 5 to 10% correction is fairly routine about every 18 months. We haven't had a material correction for almost two years now, so we are overdue. I don't know exactly when this is going to occur. It's possible in the first half of the year or second half. We will not do anything about that other than continue on the high-quality businesses that we own for the long haul, but I would just caution investors that we have not had a setback of any consequence, and they do occur from time to time. So I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We're trying to find new and clever ways to communicate with our clients, and we wish you all a happy and prosperous 2014. KaneCast is the official podcast series of Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management. Kane Anderson Rudnick provides this communication as a matter of general information. The opinions stated herein are those of the speakers and not necessarily the opinions of Kane Anderson Rudnick or its affiliates. Portfolio managers at Kane Anderson Rudnick make investment decisions in accordance with specific client guidelines and restrictions. As a result, client accounts may differ in strategy and composition from the information presented herein. Any facts and statistics quoted are from sources believed to be reliable, but they may be incomplete or condensed, and we do not guarantee their accuracy. This communication is not an offer or solicitation to purchase or sell any security, and it is not a research report. Individuals should consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions.